Welcome to Unlocking Brand, a part of our Siegel & Gale podcast series. Here, our global brand experts host live case studies, deliver actionable insights, and answer key questions on the topics that matter to brand marketers today. In this episode, Jamie Moldovsky, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Nielsen, joins our brand experts to discuss how we articulated a new purpose statement and visual identity to help Nielsen reflect who they are today, a tech-forward, innovative leader in the media industry. This is Siegel and Gale Says. Good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you are, and welcome to Siegel and Gale's Future of Branding series, Unlocking Brand. My name is Jason Sieslack, and I'm the president of the Pacific Rim here at Siegel and Gale. And I'll be playing the role of MC and facilitator today to some amazing panelists, which I will introduce to you shortly. Unlocking Brand is our virtual series where we pair our clients and global brand consultants together to discuss our global branding programs, share actionable insights for all attendees to consider for their own organizations, and answer key questions on the topics that really matter to brand marketers today. Today's discussion is all about the intersection of brand and inclusion. Before I introduce our speakers today, I want to give you a quick overview of who Siegel & Gale is. It's going to provide a little bit of context to the work we do, solutions we bring to clients, and um, how we use brand as a force to drive growth and change. Siegel & Gale believes that brands that are simple and clear are brands that stand out and grow. When we talk about simplicity, it isn't about minimalism or stark design. It's about the value that simplicity can bring to your organization and its brand. The clarity of your purpose and your brand story, the clarity of your portfolio and value proposition to the outside world, the clarity of a new brand identity, whether that be your name, your look and feel, or any of your key communications. We are a global firm with offices around the world, and we're big believers in the power of culture. We're a value-driven company, and it's something we care very much about. We talk a lot about being smart and unstoppable, but it's that emphasis on nice and inclusion, which makes our place a special place. We are a full-service branding firm with a complete suite of services to help our clients navigate a variety of branding and business challenges that range from mergers and acquisitions and spinoffs, leadership changes, new product launches or category entries, or revitalizing, revitalizing brands to help drive culture and shape where the company is going, not where it's been. Ultimately, the work we do shapes brand experiences for the organizations we work with on the inside and out. So that's the lens and how we see the world and what we do for our clients. Finally, when you've been around for more than 52 years, you work across a lot of different industries and help create or shape some of the world's largest and most well-respected brands. We're proud to have helped some of these organizations you see, including our good friends at Nielsen. So with that context, I want to transition to our topic today and our speakers. Um, I'm joined today by our client and friend, Jamie Baldowski, who is the Chief Marketing Communication Officer at Nielsen. Jamie, thank you for being with us here today. Jamie is joined by Siegel & Gale's own Tom Wyatt, who looks after our San Francisco office, Simrit Brar, who's a creative director, and Lauren McDermott, who's a vice president and senior client partner. Jamie, Lauren, Tom, and Simrit will lead an in-depth conversation that'll explore the impact of committing to inclusion to amplify all voices. We'll also discuss what has changed inside the Nielsen organization, how the Nielsen brand is reshaping the media industry and what's on the horizon. Before I jump in, or before they jump in, a little context to Nielsen and the situation they were in several years back. I think it's safe to say that most of us who are joining us today have heard of Nielsen. 
But what you likely understand about them is dated and doesn't reflect the company they're becoming. Nielsen is a 100-year-plus-old company that grew up in the era of mass media to become the preeminent and authoritative voice on media measurement, or as a recent president likes to say, ratings. Uh, this part you likely all know. But just as the answers to your binging questions that I asked you earlier reveal, the world of mass media has been thoroughly upended. Three networks plus 200 cable station has given away to a variety of uh, stream on demand, no matter where you are, offerings. More than 50% of the U.S. households have cut the cord, and old-timers like Disney and CBS now compete head-on with the tech companies like Apple, Amazon, and YouTube. And long gone are the days when networks scheduled your Thursday evening with must-watch TV. Today, we, we watch what we want, where we want it, and when we want it. So with a radically reshaped media landscape, scores of additional players, Nielsen had to rethink and reinvent its measurement model for a new media age. And that's what this brand work is all about. So now I'm going to turn it over to our professionals, Tom, Jamie, Lauren, Simrit, take it away. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for the uh, great context setting. Uh, I'm actually going to jump in and throw a question to Jamie. Because uh, uh, shortly before you came to us, Jamie, in January of 2021, with the idea of a brand evolution, you had just recently joined Nielsen. So I'm curious if you'd share with the audience why you chose to join Nielsen and what the impetus was to even consider evolving the brand. Yeah, thank you, Tom and, and Jason. It's great to be here. Uh, so I had all throughout my career, maybe a common thread was that I've always been drawn to kind of very storied brands that are in the midst of a transformation. So started my career at American Express. Last, right before I came to Nielsen, I was at Wells Fargo. And these are storied brands, though, that really needed still to be relevant in today's world. And when I was approached about Nielsen, uh, the opportunity presented itself very similarly, which is here's an incredible brand, as Jason said, one that is well-known and a household name for many, uh, but isn't as relevant in today's world or doesn't seem as relevant. And so the CEO, um, who we can talk about later, the great CEO with a great vision for Nielsen as a real leader in the digital age of ensuring that all voices are counted in the media landscape, really resonated with me. Uh, it resonated in terms of my values. It resonated in terms of the vision for a company that really was going to be focused on the audience and the truth about the audience. Uh, and using that to help really guide the media ecosystem, whether it be advertising or content development. And so the there was a real business challenge around the transformation, but there was also a real brand and cultural challenge around how to transform the perception of this iconic brand that's been around a long time, but is anchored in this TV ratings mindset. And so it was a great opportunity to come in, play a major role, not only in uh, the business transformation itself and the cultural transformation, but also the brand transformation. And so uh, as I got here, it was very clear and having done a lot of homework before I joined Nielsen, that people, while they held a um, place of, I'd say, esteem for Nielsen, it was also somewhat dated and tarnished in the sense that it's not as relevant. And so came in really understanding the work we needed to do first and foremost on the business and the culture, but also really importantly to change the perception of the brand. Uh, and that's where you all came in. Awesome. Great, Jamie. Thanks so much. So I remember the phone call in January 2021. By the way, just as context for everyone, we were all firmly sheltering in place by then. We'd mastered the art of 
Zooming and Teamsing and, and all of that. Um, so it was a Teams conversation. And I also remember when we got the call from Jamie, it reminded me that my first job in this wonderful field we all work in was as a media planner. It was a few decades ago. And so I was personally very eager to dive in. I knew the world had changed, but to dive in specifically about how much it had changed really was very exciting for me. And so as we thought about Jamie's transformation challenge, this old guy has this old trick he always uses, the four C's. I begin to think about the context of a, of a brand change through the lens of the customer, <laughs> the cultural context, and the competition. competition. How could I forget the fourth <laughs> one? The competition. And so just a few thoughts uh, on that, as we've already touched on, we're all customers, we're all viewers, and we all personally know how the world has transformed. You know, 20 years ago, I didn't know that today I'd be binging Dead Ringers is my answer, Dead Ringers from Amazon, where, you know, I order stuff, but I wasn't expecting to watch this greatest show from Amazon. Uh, and so the implication there for the future brand of Nielsen was really how can we reflect Nielsen as this exciting, engaging, creative storytelling world that we all live in? The old, the old one wasn't really reflecting that. The new one had to. As we think about competition, there's the classic competition. So there was, in this new media world, there were a lot of new players coming on the scene, like Comscore. But what is more fascinating to me is the fact that a lot of these new content providers are measuring themselves. So if we think of Amazon and Netflix and Apple, who are all creating content, serving up content, streaming content, they're also measuring it and selling their own measurement or not sharing their measurement. If you're the case of Netflix, pretty notorious for not sharing their information. So it's a very interesting world of media measurement. And the implication here was to dive into the truth of what's always been true about Nielsen, the, the objective third-party expert who has no skin in the game across this and to make sure that that um, third-party expertise comes through the new brand. Uh, the third C, we think about company. So the transformation Jamie joined was, was fascinating. First of all, Nielsen had spun off a division of the company that they felt wasn't core to the audience measurement piece. So spin-off had just happened. Also an acquisition, an acquisition of a company called Grace Note. And for all of us, who don't know what that is, and two years ago, I didn't know what that was. When any of us are searching our content, when you're on your TV and like, what's this and who's in it and what are the Rotten Tomatoes? Grace Note is a metadata engine that is serving up all of that and enabling and empowering all of us to search, to explore, to understand and define and consume all of our content. And so now not only could Nielsen measure what the audience was watching. They were also part of learning how they uh, find what they do. Uh, and this is hugely empowering. So the shift from we set the prices for advertising is the old model. Today, it's empowering everyone who's part of the media world. So Shonda Rhimes, right, creator of Bridgerton, Netflix isn't sharing all their data with her, but she can get her data from Nielsen and it can empower her as a creator and a producer of content. So the implication here was to project Nielsen as this purpose-built 
new company for the new media world, um, creating ever more value for, uh, uh, for, yes, the old world ones of marketers and media, but a whole new world of content creators, et cetera. And then finally, the, uh, the, the fourth C is this notion of cultural context. Um, and I think of this two ways. Number one, there was the uh, culture inside the company. And Simra, we don't, well, you can keep that up if you want. Culture inside the company is, uh, right, it was changing. There was a spinoff, a lot of colleagues that they were saying goodbye to. There was an acquisition, whole new culture, whole new set of employees coming, right? So the implication there is inspiration and clarity for a whole new workforce going forward. Uh, the second cultural context is, let's remember this time, early 2021, right? The murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and others, uh, this whole uh, anger and the rise, the, the good outcome, the rise of diversity, equity, and inclusion, that was such a touchstone. And the nice thing about Nielsen is they've always been driven by that. In fact, the CEO, David Kenny, was also their chief diversity officer, taking personal accountability to drive it through the company. So the second and what I think and my last most important implication for the brand was really to, to reflect this inclusive truth of Nielsen. Inclusive truth, I mean a DEI-driven organization to begin with, a business model predicated on measuring all people, all voices, no matter who they are or where they are, and then this notion of providing more value for an expanding set of stakeholders in the media universe, not just media platforms and marketers, but also content creators, uh, et cetera. And the whole, all these innovators of, of new forms of media, for example, Twitter streaming programs today. So net net, the implication was to create an inclusive brand for Nielsen that reflects kind of the truth of who they are and how they operate. So with that, it's just my four C's, my little lesson for today. Jamie, I do want to ask you a question here uh, before we turn it over to Lauren and talk about how we did what we did. Um, but as you think of what I just shared, anything that you'd want to add that that stands out to you about the context you gave us going into the program? Yeah, I think um, I will just say, and I because I can't emphasize it enough, that this idea of simplifying and clarifying the essence of who we are. Uh, was really the ultimate challenge and also the ultimate success. And I think that, you know, as with any company, we are very complex. And one of the first things I did when I came in was, was we asked clients, we asked the marketplace, and we asked our employees what they thought of Nielsen and who we are. And we did the classic word cloud. And as you would expect, there were probably 100 words, and not one of them was bigger and bolder. And that's always a problem, right? So we are lots and lots of things, and we're nothing. And how do you get to that core of really who is Nielsen? And that process is what we really went through um, together with Siegel and Gail was really an incredible process. I will share that we also had um, something that's very helpful to us, but to anybody going through this transformation, which was a very engaged CEO, but engaged in the right way. So David Kenny, who's our CEO, um, is born and bred out of the media world. So he had uh, a stint running uh, Digitas for Publicis. He was at the Weather Channel, CEO of the Weather Channel. He was at IBM and ran Watson. And so his background crosses lots of different aspects of the media industry, from the technology underpinning to being a client, 
uh, to being a agency. And all of those became really important in understanding Nielsen from so many perspectives. And so one of the challenges of Nielsen is even though we're B2B, we're also B2C. We recruit panelists. Uh, we are part of what I would say is the media zeitgeist. And because of that, it's really important in looking at our brand to understand all of the different perspectives and then still anchor on that kind of core profound truth about who we are. Uh, but that was a real value add to have a CEO who came in understanding what the needs of the industry are from many different perspectives. It was a lot of why I came in was to also represent a different point of view um, as an advertiser. What do, what does the market really need? Uh, and so I think it was super helpful to have a CEO that understood the marketplace and forced us to continue to come back and ask, you know, is this the role Nielsen plays uniquely in the market? Is that true for our clients? Is that true for the the distributors and the publishers and the, ultimately the audience? And that was really, really helpful. So one value add, obviously, is having um, the right CEO, but also working with the CEO very closely to ensure that there's full alignment and the opportunity to really bring that thinking. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. And I'm going to start, I'm going to segue here to talk a little bit about our approach and our scope to sort of frame up the work that Tom and Simran are going to be sharing shortly that um, we're going to dig into with Jamie. And that's actually a great segue talking about David's involvement, um, because I would say that, you know, as I'm reflecting in the working relationship, there were two really key um, in, aspects of it that I think were critical to the success of uh, the program as much as the work itself. And, and first and foremost, it was David Kenny's involvement. So his endorsement um, to develop Nielsen's purpose um, was critical from the outset. And, you know, really looking at this as a as a best practice, it it really not only created the urgency that we needed for the work, but it gave us and and our core team at um at Nielsen of, of marketers and creatives the remit to engage colleagues across the organization. Um, and for a brand, you know, being built um to be inclusive of all audiences our program to develop that brand really needed to be the same. So that idea of sort of starting as you mean to go on. So our core team then not only included uh, marketers, but writers, designers, product managers, uh, those people that are going to use and embody the brand from day one. Uh, so those are two sort of key aspects of the relationship um, that I think really drove the success of the program. Um, and the tone, I mean, I, just reflecting on this, <laughs> In, the, uh, in preparation for this conversation today, um, the relationship was, it was fun. It was human. It was so collaborative, um, incredibly transparent. And, and there was that level of urgency. You know, we were moving together at pace um, and the team were deftly engaging the right leaders, um, the right associates, the right subject matter experts um, all the way throughout the program. So the product managers, HR to gain input and alignment. It wasn't certainly anything that was developed uh, behind closed doors and in a vacuum. Um, and that was really important for the quality and the richness of the work. Um, and also being able to launch from that first call in January, 2021 to ad week um, in October, 2021, which I think for anybody joining who has either been a part of or witnessed to um, developing or evolving a brand in 10 months um, can attest that that's, that's fast. Um, and it really was a testament to how integrated the teams were, both Siegel and Gale and Nielsen and Nielsen with its own associates. 
In terms of the sort of breadth of the engagement, we did start from the beginning to develop a purpose for Nielsen. Um, we wanted to enrich what they had as sort of, sort of, I would say, a beloved tagline around audiences, everything, um, but building a new strategic platform that would help propel them as the new Nielsen and something that would really excite associates around what we do and who we are. Um, and again, David Kenny, the CEO, was uh, an early adopter, the earliest adopter and complete champion of the work. I think before the ink was dry, he was integrating the purpose either literally or conceptually into all of his addresses, whether that was internal or external. Um, and so it really did provide us um, with that uh, urgency and excitement for other leaders to align to that across the organization. We worked closely with product leaders to define that new brand architecture, and we we touched on GraceNote and you know how incredibly important it was to integrate that into the Nielsen portfolio in a meaningful way, so that we're leveraging the equity of both of those brands. We also worked very closely with HR. Nielsen is is a values driven organization, and that was that's always been true, but. There was a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, we needed to work closely to understand um, and assess what they had and filter that through the new purpose and distill the layers down into authentic and memorable and ownable values. And, and Tom will share a little bit about this, but I, I think this is probably one of the areas where I saw um, our sort of um, belief in simplicity come to life, um, just looking at all of the, the myriad of of different ways of communicating our values and and really distilling that down. It, it wasn't a matter of creating something new, but re-articulating something that Nielsen already had as part of its culture. Um, and that led into the development of an, of a, an employee value proposition, which, um, you know, in that an environment um, for um, competition for talent was really critical to, to highlight why Nielsen would be the, the employer of choice, particularly when you're competing against big tech giants um, for those coveted data scientists roles. Um, and last but not least, um, which we're really excited to showcase today as well, is uh, Nielsen's new dynamic um, visual identity system. And again, that was a highly collaborative process. We um, we would be developing concepts and sharing that with Nielsen's design um, and in-house brand team. Um, they would take those concepts and pressure test them. Once a concept had been landed, we were actually working with the development team for their website and extrapolating the idea from design presentations to to develop the look and feel for the for the website. And really only in that hand-in-hand -hand collaboration could, I think, a launch in 10 months, um, both physically and digitally, have been successful. Um, so all in all, I think, you know, reflecting on this journey um, in terms of what we wanted the brand to embody and also how um, we imbued that idea of inclusion within the development of the work itself. Um, you know, that commitment from Nielsen to engage the voices from across their organization to roll up sleeves with us um, led to a, a powerful outcome. And we're really excited to share that with you today. Um, before I turn it back to Tom, though, I want to also just hear from Jamie. I mean, I've shared our point of view on how we thought things went and what was what was successful. But, you know, what are your takeaways from from the process and what worked well? And maybe, you know, what were some of the challenges that you saw along the way. 
Yeah, thanks, Lauren. Well, first of all, I have to say um, what worked well was it was a great team. And to your point, I think we were, we really operated as one team. Uh, there was not a lot of like punting to the other team unless it was the appropriate time and place for the experts to jump in and do that work. But the spirit of it was that we were co-creating something. And I think that that permeated all the work that we did, but also just the tenor of how we work together. I think the other thing, there was a genuine desire to listen at, to feedback, uh, which I think is is really important because when we did a lot of work to bring in our business partners, as you said, we did a lot of work to ensure that the in-house creatives and agency were involved and that it really was that everybody felt vested in that work. And it takes a really good partner like you guys to be able to manage that process and not get frustrated by it. Right. And so that you actually lean in and welcome the feedback. Uh, we listen to the concerns. And I think as a result, everyone felt heard. So that's one thing. I think the other thing that went really well was anchoring first on the on the purpose. I think that, you know, when it helped us, I've been involved in other brand transformations where you don't have that purpose clarity and it's just harder. It was so much more um, clarifying to have our purpose and have everyone really rally around the purpose. And the rest of it then all felt much more on strategy and aligned going into the rest of the work that we did. And then the final thing I'd say about what worked well is that this became our first case of the transformation. So for me, this was a way to actually help the company accelerate our transformation because it was an example of, hey, we need a growth mindset. We need to think differently here. Be open, be willing to change, have courage, <laughs> think inclusively. And all of those were the values that we were leaning on for our own transformation in the business. And this really became a use case for that transformation. And so every time we started to get stuck or hung up, it was an opportunity for me to say, hey, guys, do we have a growth mindset here? Are we trying to move quickly? Are we trying to move with innovation and speed? And so it was a very good real-time example of what the company was going through. And it actually helped us break some of those log jams at times. And then really quickly, I'd say on the challenge side, none of this is surprising. Um, everybody has an opinion on creative. And so, uh, you know, how do you manage all that <laughs> in the organization? And, and in every transformation I've been through, that's always the issue when you get to the visual identity side of it. But being able to be really clear about the strategy, again, back to the purpose and the strategy, anchored everybody and then help them kind of let go when appropriately to the experts to, to see that, okay, yeah, we understand that all three of these options meet the strategy. So we'll leave it to you guys to pick the one that you think is the strongest one. And so that was very powerful, right? It was to actually help people through the process of knowing that you've been heard, They'd seen the work along the way. And so when we got to the decision points, they were willing to have input, but let go. Uh, and I thought that was super helpful. And then the last thing I think is um, the organization's willingness um, to move forward, right? And we like, as you mentioned, Grace knows, some of these sub-brands uh, really did have a lot of resistance. And those are just natural challenges. And I think always anchoring back on our customers and the business reason for doing this and what and playing back what we heard from our customers and clients was really helpful because it's very hard for people to change if they think it's for arbitrary reasons. But when they actually anchor it and why the market is, this will be better for us, for our clients and our customers, they're asking for us to show up differently. It did actually bring it home. And I think people came along much more willingly. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. So without further ado, we're actually now going to do some sharing of some of Nielsen's strategic elements, and Simrit will be getting to share the beautiful Nielsen brand. I, I will take the opportunity because you've set me up so beautifully, Jamie. As as Jason knows, the phrase I love to use when we're talking about talking to a client about a a rebrand, a brand evolution. It's like, is this a change of sign or is this a sign of change? And the great thing about Nielsen, you came to us, this company in transformation within a 
uh, media industry and transformation, it was definitely a sign of change. This brand was a sign of change. And I love how you just touched on and you were using it as a proof point inside the company. Hey, guys, this is a reflection of all the hard work we're up to to transform ourselves for this media industry. So awesome. Thanks for that. Um, Simra, if you want to pull up the first thing, you know, a lot of companies come to the, the simplicity company um, intrigued by simplicity, wanting simplicity. Who doesn't want a little more simplicity in their life? Um, but uh, but we, as we all know, so many clients and companies and, you know, companies I've worked for as well, we have a vision and a mission and our values and our, you know, there's like so many layers of the layer cake. And your average employee is always like, okay, what am I supposed to be paying attention to? The beautiful thing here was you were co-champions in simplicity, and there are very few but very important core elements that create the red threads. So just to touch on a few of those, um, we mentioned the purpose. Here it is, powering a better media future for all people. Simple, memorable, but really, most importantly, captures the essence of this company and transformation, right? This notion of powering, as I had mentioned, uh, it's not just setting prices for advertisers, old, old world model. It's creating value and empowering all stakeholders within the media universe. So that that's the sense of powering. And it's a better media future, regardless of who you are, what stakeholder you are, whether you are the media company or the marketer or a producer or a content creator or an innovator coming up with the next platform we're all going to consume. Nielsen is the source of creating that better media future. And for all people, right? So for all people within the industry, but most importantly, for all people in the audience, for all of us, it is this unvarnished data and insight that is going to fuel a better, more authentic world. David Kenny would talk a lot about, about being the arbiter of truth. Remember, this is the time we were talking about fake news, but Nielsen not attached, doesn't have skin in the game. The data that it's bringing to the table is data that you can count on. So touching on the next one, uh, values, as Lauren set up, um, always been a values-driven company. In fact, there were a lot of values and a lot of words associated with the values. And so it was a classic simplification thing that Siegel and Gale is so good at to reduce, to filter, to collect, um, and then pressure test against, against the company they were becoming. And so really simplified down to three core ideas to make them memorable and meaningful. So inclusion, right? A culture of inclusion and beneath this sit all the behaviors that we hold each other to account to, that we measure each other on. Courage, that courage to take a bold stand, to think different, to take risk um, and all the behaviors associated with that. And then growth, as Jamie said so well, growth mindset, a big talk track within the culture of Nielsen. And so how are we all as individual employees demonstrating this growth mindset? And if you think of these three values operating collectively, boy, what a beautiful recipe for getting the best out of everyone, including agency partners, uh, that are brought to the task. Uh, third thing I wanted to touch on is the brand architecture. So remember I touched on a company in transformation, selling pieces off, 
acquiring Grace Note. Um, it was really important to really, I love Jamie's phrase, simplify and clarify our offering, how we present ourselves to the world. And so a very simple kind of three key chat, three key lenses. Nielsen won. All the great measurement things of Nielsen have been brought together to provide the preeminent way to measure the audience across platforms, across content, across devices, by the way, across the world, um, all brought under Nielsen One. What stakeholder doesn't want to buy that? Impact marketing solutions is something they've had for a while. It is, it is how they use the data to serve marketing firms and media agencies. And when Jamie was a CMO of Wells Fargo, et cetera, right? That's that. But then Gracenote, the, the metadata engine that helps all of us as the audience find, evaluate, and consume media. How do we bring that amazing uh, acquisition into the fold and yet have it be part of the family, right? Another capability of of the Nielsen family. So those were the key, three key things that we took, uh, brought in to the architecture. And then finally, uh, as Lauren had touched on, audience is everything. It's actually a tagline that Nielsen had had. Um, and as we were going speeding, I should say, speeding through this program, uh, and looking at all the things we were agreeing to, as you stand back from it, it's audiences everything, right? It's this notion that uh, with all these stakeholders, with all these vested interests, with all this change and all this innovation, there's one truth. All of this is being done for us, for we, the audience, and there is no one better at it than Nielsen. So to be the arbiter in this amazingly fast-paced growing uh, industry, to be the arbiter of the audience, the, 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 the deliverer of the truths of the audience is so powerful. And that's the ultimate value to all the stakeholders, regardless of who they are. Um, so with, with that is just kind of a taste of the strategic framework. The other way I like to think about this values is Inside the company, architecture is how we're presenting ourselves to the world. So as we're thinking about this, Jamie, um, what aspects of this, these key strategies um, are you using today? How are they guiding the people of Nielsen and um, anything you'd want to share with how they're helping you show up in the world? Because you really are a global brand also. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Thank you, Tom. And and I could, they are showing up every day in everything we do, to be honest. I mean, these really are the, the building blocks of our, our company and our transformation. And so what I would tell you is the most powerful has been this idea of anchoring ourselves in this higher purpose. Because um, it's very, as Tom said, it's very contentious sometimes in the industry around what is truth in our world today. What is truth? Right. And to have us be able to anchor on our sole purpose is to hold up that mirror of what's happening with the audience, to be able to help inform content and advertising creation and delivery to support all of our clients and all of our customers, whether they be, as you said, a creator of content or ultimately a distributor of content or advertising, really important. And so there is not a day that goes by, I don't think, when we say, is this actually contributing to making this a better media future? Um, are we actually living our values as we are doing this? 
And then that idea of the audience is everything. And that is what ultimately makes us incredibly unique and that we go where the audience goes. And it, it guides us in terms of, you know, what are the channels of distribution we need to cover? And are we sure that we're covering all of them relevantly? And, what are, you know, how do we make sure that we're making it easy for our clients and our agencies to understand the audience when this audience is so fragmented and complex? And so it has been, it's what's very interesting to me is that our effort to create more simplicity and clarity about who we are is also what the industry needs, right? The industry needs clarity. The industry needs simplicity. And this has been a really great mechanism for us to continue to remember that, right? Which is that our role in this is very clear. Uh, and the, the way we need to approach it is with equal clarity on behalf of our um, stakeholders. So we use it every day. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. And now the the real fun part of the show, we get to see how this inspired Simrit. Simrit, over to you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jamie. Let's jump into the visual expression and how the brand showed up in the world around us. Quickly remind us if we haven't heard it enough times already. The, the most inspiring part of the strategic foundation that the, the teams that came before us laid was the brand purpose. Um, and I can't emphasize enough it's not often that you get a brand purpose to work with that is really inspirational, that you feel like it's actually making an impact in the world, that the company actually means what it says as well. Um, so that really helped our creative teams, both writers, designers, um, motion graphics folks, everybody who really jumped in and helped create the visual expression for the brand feel inspired to create something that felt like it had the um, one, the multidimensional aspect that was uh, Nielsen as it was emerging as the new Nielsen, but also really grounded um, in in wanting to really create a better media future, but truly for all people. One of the aspects that was, again, really important for us to look at was, again, Nielsen is a global firm, but diversity of content, diversity of audiences, really looking at and understanding and reflecting the audiences that are consuming media across all types of media, which is, you know, we media, what we loved was Nielsen is a, is a company with such a great heritage. It's been around for 100 years. Our grandparents were listening to radio plays that were probably being measured on Nielsen uh, by Nielsen. Um, when the first man landed on the moon, uh, Nielsen knew how many people were watching TV live at the same time. Um, so, you know, a lot has stayed the, ch the same. We do love watching stuff together, but we also like to watch things separately on our own. We listen to music, we play games, we, um, you know, there's a lot of human emotion that goes into these experiences. That hasn't changed. That is a timeless quality that comes from um, from media and from this age-old storytelling that it really is about media. Um, but what's changed is how we're consuming it. We're doing it in different places. We're doing it, uh, um, you know, more, you know, we're doing it younger and younger um, and we're doing it wherever we want to. Um, so really making sure that Nielsen reflected all of this and made sure that all these voices, whether it was the creators, the consumers of media were all being heard and were being effectively measured. If you look on the left, this was uh, this is what Nielsen looked like for a few years before we started the brand trans transformation. We found it to you know feel really, it was very homogenous, feel very B2B. It was a company that, you know, obviously precision was super important, 
counting and measurement was really at the forefront of what they did. What we felt was that it was lacking in, in that human connection. We started to build a, a brand expression, which I'll go into in a second, um, that really reflected the world where we celebrate audiences, where we celebrate media, where we celebrate emotion, and we celebrate that storytelling um, in a way that is balancing both data as well as um, the storytelling that comes through media. So if you look at just the, you know, the first part of the building blocks of the visual expression, the logo, um, we kept the type really simple, clean, modern, um, you know, going from san a serif to a sans serif, but we capitalized the N. Um, we felt that Nielsen did have the, um, you know, it, there was a there's a lead leadership story to be told. Uh, but the part that we really loved working on was the mark itself, which was built with um, if you look carefully, there's there's uh, in hiding in plain sight is an N within the four marks. Um, each of those is represented, representative of play buttons, of ratings, you know, the up and down arrows, um, but also Nielsen at the heart of it, um, you know, it, sort of powering the media future, uh, but not really doing it in a way that it's actually uh, forcing itself in the story, but it's really invisible and always there. Um, and also the, you know, the colors, it's were a big part of the brand expression as well. So the mark uh, has four different colors. Uh, the brand expression here, you can see the, the photography is really vibrant. We wanted to make sure that, you know, people feel like they're real people. There's an authenticity. Um, they're, you know, living their lives. They're in really different walks of life, ages, uh, uh, different ethnicities. You know, of course, it can be global. Um, really bringing that sense of vibrance uh, that is such a part of media and media measurement and bringing that into the visual expression as well through color was really important. Um, and if you look at that graphic that's on the bottom left, um, that was inspired by the, the tiny triangles that are part of the logo that then became the foundation for the visual system. So if you kind of squint your eyes, you see it as this beautiful blur that's always moving upwards and outwards but it's actually made up of these tiny triangles that each of those represent data in a sense. Um, so there's this constant feeling of vibrance and motion. Um, we call this a motion spectrum. I'm gonna nerd out and, and, and tell you all of those little details. But again, just looking at the system as a whole, um, we we really wanted to make sure that we codify the system in a way that we create a digitally forward brand that really works well across screens. Um, you know, it was important for us that Nielsen, even in its smallest footprint, whether it's in a Twitter feed, whether it's in um, in a in a deck, in something that's printed, whether it's these these small little tags that are employee tags, um, in every expression, that vibrance, energy, and the sense that there's a there's an aspect of data measurement that really comes through as well um, as we went through the brand transformation. Um, looking at posters that showed up in um, in different places in, in the offices. Um, this is one of my favorite slides because we spent so much time looking at when we create brand transformations, looking at how a brand shows up on, on the outside, but never underestimate the power of swag is what I love saying. Um, it really helps unify teams that are internal, um, 
we spent a, way too much time working on the uh, where the logo goes on the Nielsen vest. Um, if I, I can see everybody on the call is smiling because you remember those many calls that we had where we were like, but where's the logo going? How large is it? What color should the should the vests be? Um, but it was just a matter of pride. It's, it really speaks to the idea that a logo is not just, or a brand expression is not just about how a brand shows up in the world um, and how it tells its stories to the external world and how it does business, but it also speaks to the internal culture. And that was such a big part of the brand as well. Uh, we spent a lot of time also looking at how Nielsen shows up externally at trade shows because a lot of the work does happen at trade shows when Nielsen works with marketers and, and media agencies. Um, and at some point, we also handed over, of course, like, you know, it happens with all brands in August of 2021 when we started to work more closely with the Nielsen team as we started to hand over. So these last few slides show you how the Nielsen team actually started to build um, the expression as we handed off and uh, to them. So this first, these first, the first slide speaks to what we did uh, with them, or they took the lead on at Adweek. Um, and then the next one, of course, you always want your logo on a on a fancy yacht at Cannes. So this was at Cannes, uh, the bottom right, and uh, on the flags up there. Um, and then the last slide here was um, a very recent Nielsen One launch. So. It's really interesting how the the brand's expression and brand transformation that was done two years ago still consistently is showing up across everything that Nielsen is doing. Um, and before I hand you back, I wanted to, I had a question for, for Jamie in context of the visual expression. Um, Jamie, would you share with us uh, when it came to the brand transformation journey. Are there any insights that you'd share with us that speak to how you and your team overcame any internal resistance when it came to adopting change, when it came to adopting the brand, uh, the new brand in, at, at the company itself? Yeah, thank you, Simrit. And again, just it's very fun to see the work um, and the, knowing the origin of it and now seeing it in practice. It's uh, it's always really fun to look back at that. It did happen very quickly. So I think the biggest things, and we've talked a little bit about these, but bringing people along clearly, um, you know, showing people, uh, listening to their feedback, I think most importantly is anchoring, as I said, everything back to the strategy. I think, you know, change is hard. This feels subjective to people. And so to get out of the subjectivity was to anchor it really in back to the strategy and what we were trying to accomplish and, and, and focus on, does this help deliver against that strategy and against our objectives? And that really seemed to help. I think the other two trip, like tricks I would say, one is, again, customer and market feedback, not around the creative per se, not around, but around, again, the strategy was also really helpful. And then finally, you did a great job for us of using analogs from other brands. And I think that, you know, everyone ultimately is a consumer. And I think even though we have a lot of people who are product leaders or engineers, and they're in their own heads sometimes, at the end of the day, when you ground helped us ground them in, here's how other brands have done this, here's their architecture, here's how that shows up, it really helped make help people get past kind of all of their theoretical objections and remember who they are as a person and how they consume as consumers. And that made it a lot easier. So I do think for anyone who's going through this, helping through other analogs, right, people understand how this actually works in practice and how they as a consumer engage in that uh, was really, really helpful. So just a few tricks, but it's it's just more than anything, inclusion, 
um, you know, really sharing and being transparent. And then ultimately, um, you have to just power through it. You have to move forward with confidence, conviction, and folks will come along for the ride. Thanks, Jamie. And thanks, Simrit. I always get so inspired when you share your work. Before we hand it over to Jason, who's been monitoring questions from the audience, I would be remiss if we didn't ask you one last question. You know, one of our phrases is we we like to take a fact-based approach to branding. So it, it pivots me to measurement and you're a measurement company. So with a company in transformation and a brand in transformation, how are you measuring success and what are you seeing? Yeah, thank you, Tom. And as a measurement company, as you said, people do want to always know, well, how are we going to know if it's successful or not, right? Um, and the first most important thing I just want to reiterate, though, is the company has to change itself. And so a lot of our focus has been really around what are the the tells, if you will, in the company that we're changing, right? And how do we know we're being successful in our own transformation? And then there is a component of this. So really, we, you know, it's things like we hired, we created a customer success function. Part of this was becoming and ensuring that we were truly customer centric and putting our customers and the audience first. And in order to do that, we had to change some of the ways we operate as a company and showing more humility, being more transparent and more approachable. So there are things that we have done that our, our clients and the marketplace told us we needed to do. Uh, and those are really important indicators that we are, in essence, transform, transforming. Uh, I would say in terms of how we're measuring, obviously, clearly, our business performance is a, is a key component of this. You know, is the business performing? Because everything we are doing is in service to that. This isn't like a separate and distinct thing aside from driving and propelling us forward in terms of our business outcomes. So one is business metrics. Happy to say we had a good first quarter, so we're feeling pretty good about that. Um, the other is employee metrics. And, and um, Tom, you know this, but um, I also added on kind of the CHRO hat over the last uh, six months or so. And what's been nice about that is really the opportunity to bring together the internal and the external manifestation of who we are. And this is another indication of how important culture is. And I know we talked about that, how important culture is uh, in terms of the brand. And so we're measuring our employee metrics, obviously, but how much our employees believe in our transformation and how much they believe in the brand and what we stand for and feel that we are living that. So it's another way of measuring, in essence, not just our transformation, but also how strong are we in terms of our culture and our brand. And then finally, we have an arsenal, as you'd expect, of brand metrics, right, that we have been uh, measuring. NPS and awareness and um, consideration, obviously, but also along the key dynamics of the brand that we think are important around innovation, around uh, transparency, right, and around representation and inclusion. So a lot of those metrics, I'm happy to say things are directionally in the right direction, but we have work to do. And so the nice thing is continuing to anchor us on what is that future state and then allowing for um, full transparency along the way about what's working and what's not working. And I think we all feel we're making headway. And as I said, this was a great proof point of we can do this. We can in 10 months really change, right, the way we show up in the marketplace. And we can do that every single day for our customers. Thanks, Jamie. Over to you, Jason. So I want to say a huge thank you to our four panelists for walking us through that. I know that that's work that we're both very, very proud of. I think the first thing that I wanted to start with, because we have a question from one of the attendees that happened was specifically to Jamie, you know, how did you have a unique role across marketing and human resources at Nielsen? And I'm curious to know, 
How did that impact the process of building the new Nielsen? Because not all of our clients sort of sit in both of those places. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because it's when it first started, when we first started this work, I wasn't leading HR. And so, but we, but we realized right away, obviously, that our employees are probably the most important stakeholders. Because at the end of the day, even though our product is measurement and data, our product really is our, our people, right? It really is just like any service industry, right? It really is about our people. And so during the course of the development of this, it was very clear that like uh, most of this was starting with our employees and what did they believe was true about Nielsen? Who do they believe Nielsen really is and should be and can be? And making sure that whatever we did really did tap into what is un- what is very unique about Nielsen. And Nielsen does have a very unique culture. There is, as we talked about, a lot of passion and a lot of energy, but a lot of that energy and passion is around our purpose. And um, it's around, it really is a brand that had a sense of purpose without having really defined the purpose. And so it was very wonderful to then bring the purpose in. And initially, we really started focusing on it more as a recruitment opportunity. If you'll remember during covid great resignation, a lot of transition in terms of um, employees. And we were really concerned about is the brand resonating with future employees? So that's where we really started to some of that integration. But now I would tell you, um, as I sit wearing my HR hat, it really all is about how are we enabling our employees to live our culture and to represent the brand and everything they do. And so those two come together incredibly importantly all the time, right? Because it because we don't have we will not show up externally the right way if our own employees don't believe and don't feel empowered to deliver the right experience. And it's been a really good focus for us to say, if we're going to really power a better media future for all people, what role do each and every one of us have in that as employees of Nielsen? And how do we make sure our employees know what their role is, understand the power of what they do every day, and are empowered to do the work they need to do? So it's been a really great opportunity to bring those together. Great. And I think you've queued up perfectly one of the questions that came from one of our attendees, which is, and if we think about the last couple of years, a lot of organizations have had a real sort of emphasis as far as like attracting the best and brightest. And also overlaid in that where a lot of organizations have diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. And Joris asked, does the transformation that you've gone through, has it had positive effects on attracting and retaining diverse talent? Yeah, it's a great question. I will tell you what is the most powerful thing about our purpose is is the the fundamental the fundamental truth that we only exist if we measure everybody, right? That every voice is critically important and therefore Nielsen has to represent every voice in the work that we do, but also in who we are as a company. Uh so I would say that it's it is very helpful in recruiting in particular because People want to work for a company that really values their individual contributions and allows them to bring their whole self to work. And the fact that our purpose is about making sure every voice is counted in everything we do um, lets people kind of marry up their own personal sense of, of values with the work that they do every day. So I do think it's been very helpful that in terms of kind of the numbers themselves around diversity, equity, and inclusion, I think that we score very well as a company of, of being inclusive. Uh, but like every company, I think we still have work to do in terms of ensuring that we have really um, strong representation at all levels of the organization. So that's something we're very focused on. Mostly we're focused on it, though, because we know we need to represent our audience and our market. Right. And and if we're not doing that, then we can't possibly doing the, be doing the best job. But we yeah. still have work to do. So I, I love we can ask a question like that. And then I'm going to shift and ask you another question. And it's coming from the same person. You are unique in that regard. Um, 
I want to switch gears and talk about sort of an age-old question that we get a lot, and I'm sure you had to deal with, which is a question from Nancy. She asked, how do you narrow the stakeholders when there are so many of them want to have a hand in a redesign? And uh, she paraphrased, how do you avoid too many cooks in the kitchen, which is a common phrase we all use. (laughs) Talk about this because this wasn't your first rodeo doing this. Right, exactly. And I will say in the end, um, for those of you who don't know, um, Siegel and Gale was on the ride for along with me at Wells Fargo when we did a lot of the brand transformation work there. And one of the lessons learned was um, we use the executive committee both at Wells Fargo as well as at Nielsen as the steering committee. So we really looked at that was ultimately the core group of decision makers, st- key stakeholders. Um, and, and in both instances, I think um, very quickly got to kind of a how do we want to use that body? And then who else in the company do we need to socialize with? It's really a racy model, right? Who do we want to bring in? Who do we want to include? Who do we inform versus who do we get input from? Um, In both cases, I would say it was very clear from our CEOs, which is super helpful, that ultimately my role as CMO is the decision maker. And that was also very helpful to have that clarified. But I would say going in to be really clear upfront about who ultimately are the critical stakeholders, and then to really define each of those other stakeholder groups. And we really established a cadence of how did we bring them in? How do we get feedback? How often did we touch base with them? Um, and be was really disciplined about it because then it, it gave us us control over the situation versus, as you said, kind of that rampant, like everybody wanting to have their hands in it. So we would say to people, look, we will be back next month with this. This month, we want you to get aligned on this. Next month, we're going to come back on this. And that allowed people to feel like, okay, I don't have to like panic because I'm going to have a moment of input um, and I'm going to get to see the work as it's developing, but it was all controlled by us. So so it was a good way to marry up the, the allowing cooks into the kitchen, but only allowing them in when you were ready for them to come in. And I think um, it allowed us to do best of both, which was keep moving and move quickly and make decisions along the way, but ensure that at critical touch points, we did include the right people, both for um, input, but also for awareness. Right. I know we're coming up against time. I want to ask one last question, if I could. And that is, it's been, we're coming up on almost two years since the rebrand. And I'm curious to know, Jamie, from your perspective, what are you most proud of? You know, I I mean, I've talked a lot about the purpose because I really do think at the end of the day, it's what gets everybody up out of bed and gets us to do the good work that we do. So I'm really proud of that because it has, it really has stuck and taken hold and is not even, it's just so a, a core organic part of how we do business. But the other thing I would say is I'm really proud of the fact that we were able to bring in this level of transformation and yet still do it in a way that allows Um, people who engage with the brand all the time to still find ways to express it in new and different ways that are consistent with our vision. But it gives people the right degrees of freedom and flexibility without changing fundamentally the power of a really strong, clear, simple, consistent brand. And so it's that it's a hard thing to accomplish because I know in other situations I've been in, people want to start, you know, bastardizing it along the way really quickly. Like, well, what if we just change that? And I don't know, can we add a new color? Can we add a new typeface? And this was a very powerful, um, power started with the power of the purpose, the strategy, the values, and has really provided the right, the right frame, if you will, for people to be innovative within it. And I think that's a really powerful thing. So I'm really proud of that. Awesome. Well, on that note, I'd like to bring us to a close. I think first and foremost, I want to say thank you on behalf of the team, Siegel and Gail, for all the folks who have joined us today. We really appreciate your time, participation. I want to thank uh, Jamie, of course, for being such a great ambassador and partner 
uh, for our organization and this work. Thank you for joining us as always. And also, thank you to Tom, Simrit, and Lauren for some amazing work and representing the work that we do with our clients. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Siegel and Gale Says. You can read more thought leadership pieces and explore our work at SiegelGale.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. While you're at it, please leave us a review. See you next time.